What's up, guys? Walker Zimmerman here. Welcome back to The Locker Room, episode number four. Today we have a very special guest. Many of you have seen his face in the stands at the bank. It's Jimmy Lopez, president of 3252. Yo. Welcome to the podcast, man. Good Glad to have to be you. here. Yeah, for sure. So today, I know we always use our time at the locker room to become a better version of ourselves, learn something new, um, and we just tackle different goals every, every single week. Today is going to be focused on you, focused on the 3252, on the culture that we've made here at LAFC, and really just get to know you. I'm sure many people probably recognize you already, but we're going to tackle all those things. All right, sounds good to me. Perfect. So I want to start, I mean, looking at you now, you have the title of president of the 3252. Now, as a kid growing up, could you have ever pictured being you know, the head of a supporter section? No, not okay. at all. Just growing up in Orange County and uh, going to games and whatnot, I didn't really know the supporter culture because we didn't have anything like this out here. I would watch it on television because my first love was Manchester United and just seeing them. I'm 34, so watching okay. it through the 90s and the oh, early yeah. 2000s, I was just like, this is amazing, but not something I would think would happen in the United States. Right. And then um, I got more involved with the league and then uh, becoming a supporter myself and then seeing it. It was always a dream. Okay. And then making it happen, getting the right people in play. Now that it's here, it's, it's surreal. We're just yeah. riding this wave. Well, it, it looks like something that's just been a fine-tuned machine, like a club that's been around for hundreds of years, you know, with how organized you guys have made it, how entertaining it is uh, to even be playing and watching you guys sometimes. It's pretty <laughs> fun. Um, so, so what age would you say you kind of were like, man, I'm just diehard soccer. This is my sport. This is what I believe in, want to root for. Was it always just soccer for you? Or were there other loves that kind of had your attention? I actually grew up playing um, baseball and American football. Um, played soccer on the playground a lot. And then I played indoor growing up. But it was never the top sport just because none of my friends really cared for it. And um, as soon as I got into high school, I played it a lot more. And then um, I used to be a musician. So on tour, on our off time, we would just kick the ball around. What? Musician? Okay, we're going to have to get into this. What what kind of band were you in? Were you the lead vocalist? Were you the guitar player? What, what were you doing in the band? Um, I started off with drums, and then from there I went, okay. um, they needed a singer. It was just in high school. Yeah. We yeah, wanted yeah. to do the talent show, and all of us were into like punk and hardcore. Okay. And I like, all right, we need a singer. I was like, all right, I'll sell my drum kit. Yeah. And then bought a PA system. We practiced, and then from doing one show, we set goals and we've achieved all of them. And then no way. got to the point where I was just saying, I'm, I'm tired of being on the road so much. Man. So through my 20s, I was on tour like yeah. crazy nonstop. Would I recognize the band? Probably not. Okay. It, it was more of a punk metal band and okay. yeah, it, was, it was a good time. So as a lead vocalist in a punk metal band, are you, is it a lot with, I'm not familiar with that genre. Uh -huh. Is it more like kind of screaming, like as a vocalist? Like, ah. Straight like, up. Like the, That's all it was. Become so numb. Yeah. Is that like punk metal? Uh, it was, is it was, and our, my specific group is mostly screaming. Okay. We have like a, a singing line here and there. That's awesome. I always thought, you know, I remember a specific memory growing up uh, around my kitchen table. And I, I asked my mom the question. I was like, because I was, you know, I wanted to be a good singer, but I really didn't have it. She was a great singer. My oldest brother was. And I was like, do you think that maybe there's just a specific genre for every person in their unique voice to where they could be good at singing? So I was like, maybe I could be a screamo, like, you know, singer. Yeah. And like, maybe that's my thing. But obviously that didn't ever happen. <laughs> but it's never too late. It's, it is never too late, you know? I mean, look at Bob Bradley. Here, just hearing him. <laughs> that he that guy has it. He can totally start a metal band. I hope somebody out there, please do this. Record a song, dub his voice. Yeah. Dub, dub his screaming. And that then just make a song out of that. That would be incredible. 
we'll look, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be great. I love it. I love it. So how did you hear about LAFC? Uh, how early into this process? I know it kind of began as a vision, you know, four or five years ago and by now, but at what point in the process did, did you hear about LAFC? LAFC came to us. Okay. We, um, she was going to say, what fell apart, and we still were part of the community. Mm-hmm. And LAFC reached out, and they're like, hey, we want to build a culture around your ideals and the supporter culture. And we're just like, okay, let's, this is what we've wanted, and everything we've asked for, they've given. Right. So it, that's why you, you see what you have with LAFC in 1352. It's just, it's, it's a brotherhood, definitely, yeah. brotherhood, sisterhood. So you were, you were involved in Chivas USA supporters uh, group section? Yes. Okay, and, and how long were you there? At what point? Were you I, there from the beginning? No, I came about in 2012. 2012. Um, okay. I was out, and then I was wearing a, a U.S. kit, and a random guy came up to me. He's like, hey, you, you like soccer? I was like, actually, I do, but I don't have any friends that really do. It still wasn't like a thing out yeah. there. Well, it's yeah. still growing, right. but then nobody really cared um, in my inner circle. Yeah. And um, we, he had kids, and then our kids bonded. We're at Disneyland. Okay. Our kids bonded, and he's like, come to a match. And I was like, ah, I don't <laughs> want to go. I was like, it's cheap with USA. And he's right. like, just come. So I fell in love with the supporter culture okay. more than the team. Yeah. And then the team folded, and I was still like, no, I love it. Just keep this going. So when you say LAFC came to you, the way I kind of picture it in my head, and this might be super funny, I picture, you know, Rich Orozco, sunglasses on his on his face, slick back hair, and he, like, walks home. He's like, hey, my bro, like, you a soccer fan? Like, we got a new thing coming. It's going to be the hottest thing in town. <laughs> Is that, like, was it really street by street, like, with – the connection between the club and you and your friends and others in the supporters section? It, it still is growing street by yeah. street every yeah. day. Yeah. Literally, you see people out there that see the logo or whatnot, and they ask, oh, I've seen this. What is this? It's more of a buzz now. Okay. People are approaching us as opposed to us going to them. We're like, hey, you have a, a Real Madrid kit. Do you, do you like the MLS? And it, we don't, we're not out there approaching people. They're approaching us now. Wow. Um, LAFC emailed us. Uh, back then it was the Union Ultras, who are now District 9 Ultras and the Black Army. They emailed us and said, hey, we, we're coming out. Let's, let's, let's see what we can build together. And the first meeting I attended was mm-hmm. uh, in the Arts District. I believe it was a coffee house. And it was Pat, Stadium Benny, uh, Benny Trent. We <laughs> yeah, call yeah, it Stadium yeah, Benny. Yeah. And Rich. And it was, I would say, a room of 40 people. Wow. And they just started talking, what do you want? And wrote down colors and whatnot. What, what we expect to, from the club, and I, I hope they still have those notes because I'm sure they they can yeah, look it's back. It's gonna be a museum one day. Look at all the bullet points, and it's it's what you see is what we what we ask for. Yeah, well, I am glad to hear that you were not a Galaxy fan before this. I did I'm, I did attend a few games because one of my friends, uh, his dad works for them, okay. and he, we would go. And like I said, I never experienced supporter culture in that yeah. way because they didn't have it. Right. I, I do feel bad for them because there's a big disconnect between their fans and their front office. Yeah. If, they, if they can fix that, how we have it, the rivalry would be so much and, better. And certainly, I mean, you look at how our supporter section's kind of gotten a lot of the attention in MLS, mm-hmm. and that certainly puts pressure on them to, to raise their bar. And oh, that's only going to be a good thing across for, the league. for LA. Yeah, and across the league. Yes. Because, I mean, I think they're already feeling the pressure of like, wait, we've been here for a while, we've won championships, but these supporters are getting all the credit for like mm-hmm. the things that they're doing, the way their club is running. So I think it's, that's going to make the rivalry even better. It's going to keep growing the, the sport in our league. So that's definitely a, a really cool thing. Oh, big time. That, that's huge throughout the league. We've uh, a few of us attended the ISC. It's a supporter summit. Um, supporters, leaders from each group get together once a year. 
and uh, this this year was in Dallas. Oh, nice. And we got together with a lot of supporters, and we spoke about how their front office is and how the MLS has treated them. And it, it's different throughout throughout the league, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, we are spoiled, in all honesty. Um, and a lot of teams are doing, how do you do it? And we just literally say we work together. It's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that first meeting with all the notes and them kind of asking you, what what teams, I know we have a partnership with Dortmund. I know that some of the supporters went over there. Um, aside from Dortmund, are there any other clubs that you guys have used for inspiration, whether it's with chance, culture, you know, how did you guys kind of build this model? That's the beauty of the 3252. We have fans that support pretty much every team out there because we all come from different backgrounds, different nationalities. Uh, somebody are bringing forth an idea and be like, hey, I saw this from X, Y, and Z. And we're like, okay, that's cool. And then it resonates in somebody's brain and they present a chant. And then we're like, ooh, this is going to pop. And then we just make Go it happen. It. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy that sometimes you guys will unveil like a new chant that just blows our minds. And it's almost like you don't really get practice runs like this. So the organization, how does that take place to where you guys, is it just like sending a video amongst all the supporters and distributing it and be like, hey, we're doing this at exactly this minute. How does this get communicated to where it appears so in sync and rehearsed? It's all organic in all honesty. In the beginning, before we even had our team, we would um, have our practice sessions at Lot 6 before the stadium was even built. We'd all get together and we'd um, chant and get and sing our songs. And that's how the original songs came about. And then now what we're doing is when we have watch parties, that's what we'll practice. So okay. we're not in the stadium. We'll have, let's say, like the call to arms, the Empire Boys had their watch party. They presented it amongst themselves, and then um, they brought it to a tailgate. And at the tailgate, we're like, this is amazing. This is going to pick up. And we're like, you know what? Let's bring it into the stadium. Yeah. It just happened like that. We did it not. It was, I guess you could say that was that one practice at the tailgate, brought into the stadium. It caught on so quick. And it just, it's like wildfire. just That's insane because it looks so rehearsed that, I mean, I, I can't even believe what I'm hearing right now. That's insane. Um, going, going to you as, as the president, how, what is the, you know, the government structure within 3052? How did you become president? How are the elections held? What are the other roles and, and uh, responsibilities of you for president and amongst the other, I guess, core staff? Uh, to become president, I was we, we obviously voted. We had a, quite a few people that turned out. Um, it was me going against uh, Rafa for the Luckies, who is um, our current and acting uh, director of away travel. Um, nice. We I was asked by quite a few different leaders from the supporter groups, would I run? Because I didn't think about it, to be honest. I, it's not something I was looking forward to. I was I, I, was, I loved being a capo and just having a blast, just yeah. singing the songs and going crazy. Um, but being in all the council meetings and talking to different leaders, I was like, you know what? I, I'm up for it. Mm-hmm. Well, first, I, I had to talk to the missus. She's of a, she's of a, course. Every decision, you got to – we may be considered heads of the family, but it's the wives are the neck. You know, well, they definitely. turn the heads in every which direction. Well, she's sure in it work. just as I am. She's the right. drummer for the 1352. Okay. And um, just speaking to her, I was like, we do have 90% of our time invested into LASC, but now if I become president, it's going to be a lot more. And she was just like, in all honesty, I can't see anybody else doing it right now, so go for it. So we <laughs> we were already in neck deep. Now yeah. it's even more. We're, we're all in 100%. That's amazing. And so how, how did the election process, how does that work? You know, how who gets a vote? Uh, do you guys 
prepare some speeches, some points of you know how you're going to run things? What's the the details behind the campaign? Well, this is all new to us. So this was our first time holding an election for officials. So um, last time, our first time around, it was within just a council, and we the council is a nine official. Well, back then it was five groups okay. for the in the 1352, and now we're at nine. And we're always open to more, but they have to go through the, the trial period okay. just to make sure you're in it for the right reasons. Right. Just because somebody has a pin and a scarf does not make them a supporter group. There's a lot of work behind it. All the charity work. That's mm-hmm. that's our biggest thing is charity. Yeah. Uh, community and uh, making sure you are there, you are active. And then that's after the trial period and you show that you have a set amount of numbers or members that are committed. Then you get into the 3052. Plus we have bylaws and rules that we yeah. we have to go by. We gotta we gotta weed out the bad seats for sure. Yeah, that's so complex. Yeah. So then with the elections, we uh, we held them. We had an event, um, and 3252 members came, um, proved that they were a member, and it was they casted their vote, and we announced it, and I won. That's awesome. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. You know, first ever president. Second. Oh, second. Oh, second yeah, elected. Second se- so first second elected. Yeah, second first season. elected. Yeah. That is that is a big big time deal. Um, talk about the signature look because when I when I'm on the field it's pretty easy to spot you out there you got your classic hat you got the amazing uh, wolverine sideburns going on when when did this start what was the inspiration what was the look you know it reminds me of like green street hooligans like you're about to just get into it you know the sideburns came about I want to say I was like 15 go to puberty no way yeah I uh, my one of my favorite bands growing up is the Deftones their singer has sideburns and I was just like I like his look. <laughs> so I grew the sideburns out, and then I, I can't see myself without them from now on. I, um, they, the barber messed up once and shaved him, and I was about 21. I looked in the mirror. I was like, this is not me. <laughs> so, yeah, the sideburns yeah. have been there since I was 15. I'm 34 now. Um, and the hat, I, it's just one of those things that I put it on, and I loved it. Yeah. I was in high school, and I've always worn it. I don't feel comfortable with the baseball hats. As yeah. much as I love them, I have a bunch, but... I give them to my kids. Yeah. So it's like, uh, do you ever golf? Have you seen Bryson DeChambeau? He's got, I, I, he's got I, the classic hat going as well. I'm not an avid golfer, but uh, <clears throat> I have a baseball swing when I golf. Okay. I'm pretty okay. good. I'm not going to yeah. lie, but yeah. I haven't gone out in a while. Yeah. But I do enjoy it. That's amazing. Well, I, I love looking up there and just just seeing you and your hat and your sideburns leading leading the 3252 <laughs> in the chance. It's incredible. Um, I, I want to touch on the culture and kind of the crossover and I think what really makes us special as LAFC is the connection between players and supporters and front office and supporters you kind of mentioned it earlier a little bit but I think it's really unique how we share the culture the values the community can you touch on like how you guys feel about the culture and connective you know uh, connection between both sides we definitely see that there's a a huge respect on both ends between the players, the front office, and the fan, the general fan, and the supporters. With the supporters, we're the ones that, in our eyes, we're the backbone. Because mm-hmm. um, we, we do a lot for the club, and we, we do this for free. We do it just for pure passion. Mm-hmm. Because if we get paid, we're an employee, and then the club can tell us what we can and cannot do. If we, I mean, they can donate money all they want, and we can use that towards TIFO, but if we have a paid supporter, then you're not a supporter. Right. You're you're an employee. So we do it with pure heart, and more and more people are coming out, learning the culture, and appreciating it and loving it. So with the players, we haven't had any incidences where we're just like, oh no. We we feel there's a, a genuine bond between the three, between the the players, supporters, and front office, to where 
it, it's beautiful. It's working. Yeah. It's big picture. And we all have the same image. It's the same ideals in, in my eyes. So it's working well. Yeah. I think I'm trying to think of the, the best adjectives to describe it. And I think what I came up with in terms of the culture, I think, uh, being inclusive is very high up 100 percent because you you touched on the nine different groups within mm-hmm. 3252 all the nationalities all the backgrounds experiences uh so that's huge for me i think our community service is phenomenal between you know all parties involved just the different programs and outreaches that we're able to do uh because that's what we're here for you know i mean as an athlete sure we have a platform but you guys together i mean talk about that platform of being able to go out you know, do a beach cleanup day, like all day and really make change happen across Los Angeles. And so I think, uh, those two things being inclusive, having a community outreach, and then just right, like you said, the passion and the heart. I think that we see that from you guys, we see it within the players on our team. And I think that's a huge part of why we've been so successful. I mean, would you agree with those three being staples? Amongst, oh, definitely. hundred percent. It's just one of those things that we don't have to say it. People see it. People right. live it. We, we, it's like one of those leaders lead and you practice what you preach. It's, all around us, all we're all doing. Yeah, definitely. Because culture, I mean, culture can be a hard word to really define, but I think those three things in particular kind of create the unique feel that we've all come to love. And, oh, definitely. And, yeah. and it comes down to our songs. Like one of our uh, our hit songs that people tend to catch on quick is uh, we represent Los Angeles. That's the opening line. And I truly feel that we do represent Los Angeles yeah. with our culture, our community, and the players and the team, just the look of it all. It's the perception is key and our perception is amazing. 100%. Well, I want to end with just talking about our favorite memories so far. Um, I'll have you go first. Your favorite LAFC memory can be at, at the bank, away from the bank, can be revolving around a game, community event, just favorite memories. And we'll just kind of bounce back and forth. I have so many, but um, one thing I like to tell everybody, every single member I speak to, um, casual fan, supporter, doesn't matter. When you feel it, close your eyes and just take it all in. And then if you're having a hard day, just, just remember that time you close your eyes, you take it all in. It's just, it's a surreal feeling. Yeah. Like whenever when I'm on the capital stand and I hear certain chants and it's just going off with the entire stadium, I'm just like, this is surreal. Yeah. So I, I just take it all in. That, that's a feeling that to me is definitely worth it. All the, all the long nights and whatnot mm-hmm. and missing time with like b- missing birthdays with like say a cousin or whatnot. It's, it's definitely worth it once you're in yeah. there making these memories for other people with other people. Um, the Seattle trip, the first march in, that was surreal. Mm-hmm. That that victory, that's something that I'll take to the grave, definitely. For sure. Um, when I proposed to Cassie on the field last year, that was, thank you to first everybody ever. that helped. Yeah, First ever on the field. And that was phenomenal. So we're going to try and get a supporter wedding. That way, everybody nice. that was there partake, can, can awesome. partake in it. Yeah, Because our, our general wedding, we can, we can only fit 200 people. So if we could work something out, we could do it, say, Christmas Tree Lane or even in the stadium where everybody come partake in it. That's that so cool. It'll be, it'll be iconic for sure. Yeah. And things like these are that help give off the perception and see people visualize what LFC is. And it's definitely a community. Little things like that matter. Yeah. Yeah, it's like all the the best memories I have revolve around like connection, you know, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned closing your eyes. I don't think I can do that, you know, unfortunately, (laughs) Uh, but I wish I could sometimes, man, just to to hear the echoes going around the bank and or or on the away. Mm -hmm. I mean, looking at the videos, 
on Twitter after we played in, in uh-huh. San Jose, it's like I had no idea that that was going on, uh-huh. you know. And then you see their roof is just about to cave in. Um, that, that's just amazing to me. I think memory for me, you mentioned the Seattle win away for mm-hmm. sure is up there. First ever win for the club, massive home opener. I mean, oh. the, the fashion in which that game finished, um, the overall, I can still kind of remember the feeling within mm-hmm. the stadium with that particular game. That just roar the, through yeah, the, the, just the energy. I mean, I get the chills right now just thinking about literally how special and how cool that moment was. It was like literally picture perfect. And how it ended. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You couldn't you couldn't have written a better script about no, that no. game. It, it, if somebody made a movie of for our first season, <laughs> it would be it would be a yeah, hit. Yeah, Definitely. For sure. Who would play you in the movie? Oof. You know, I've always kind of gotten, you know, Chris Hemsworth. All right. So you know, I, I can see it. I kinda like I kinda like that. You know, he's huh? kind of big and jacked and there you go. He's a good looking dude. So mm-hmm. I, I could go with that. Yeah, what about you? Uh Mexican Brad Pitt. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Throw a little hat on him. There you go. Be ready to go. Like hat, Fight, Club, Fight Club. There you go. That's awesome. That's great. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for being on the Locker Room episode oh, no four. This was amazing. I'm glad I got to kind of, I had no idea what, what it was like kind of internally, structure-wise, organization-wise. So I think you gave a lot of really good insight to, you know, what it means to be a supporter of a team, you know, whether it's LAFC or not, just the passion that you have to have the community outreach inclusiveness that takes place so uh man we sure are encouraged as players to to watch you guys and i know that there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes with you know the tifos and the travel and organizing all of those things so we we really appreciate it um it, it wouldn't be the same without kind of y'all's spirit uh supporting us so uh, we're in this thing together, so let's uh, continue a good 2019. All right. Well, thank you for staying with the team for for one. Yeah, of, yeah, of course. We're you're a huge asset to it, definitely. And I'm glad to be here, and thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm.